Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to Bald Head Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. Featuring the exposit story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Baldhead Bible Podcast is committed to keeping our show free to the public. However, as with everything, there are expenses involved, so if you would like to contribute, head on over to patreon.com. That's patreon.com forward slash baldhead Bible. And there you can become a supporting member for as low as $1 a month. While there, please check out some of the bonus material available only to our BHBP supporters. And some of that material includes Bible study guides to help you use the podcast to minister to your children, to minister in a Sunday school class, and to have some quality family devotions. Psalm 62 says this, For God alone my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be greatly shaken. How long will all of you attack a man to batter him like a leaning wall, a tottering fence? They only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. Selah. And then here's the key. Verse 5. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory, my mighty rock, my refuge is God. Verse 8. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Psalm 62 was written, many people believe, while David was running from Absalom, while he was in the wilderness, and everything looks bad, everything looks hopeless. And in the middle of all that, he writes, O my soul, wait in silence for God alone, for my hope is from him. Trust in him at all times. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is it. David is realizing that as his fame and his fortune is stripped from him, as family and friends have stabbed him in the back and continually let him down like a Hittifel and Absalom, he's realizing the only thing I've got is God, for God alone. He alone is my rock and my salvation. Well, David, he's running from Absalom. But he's learning a big lesson. That at the end of the day, the only person he can trust is God. 
Well, how'd he come to that? Because he has heard bad news after bad news after bad news. And as he's climbing the Mount of Olives, remember, he's grieving and weeping. The Mount of Olives is just outside of Jerusalem. He's trying to get to the top of this hill to get down the other side. And it says there in 2 Samuel 16 that just as he gets a little bit past the summit, here comes an old friend, Zeba. Yes, Zeba. And Zeba says, hey, I have brought to you today some dogs donkeys for you to ride on. I've also brought a whole bunch of raisins, a a skin of wine, and loaves of bread, and some summer fruits. And David's like, well, thank you. And Zeba's like, I know you're going to need this in the middle of the desert, in the wilderness, when you're wandering. You can ride the donkeys, eat the food. This will be great. Yes, this is hugely encouraging. Thank you, Zeba. Thank you. Then remember, David said in Psalm 62, the only person I can trust is God alone because now he hears some bad news. A trusted friend, somebody he thought was on his side, let him down because Zeba then tells him, Mephibosheth, he's turned against you, David. He's decided to follow Absalom. Now remember, Mephibosheth is the son of Jonathan, and Jonathan and David were close friends, and they loved each other, remember? And Jonathan is Saul's son, and so basically Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, who Jonathan is the son of Saul, essentially Mephibosheth is saying, you know, fooey on you, David. I'm not going to follow you anymore. I'm going to follow Absalom, who might regain the household of Saul. And he might reestablish the house, the kingship of my father. That's basically what Zeba's telling him. But remember, David had shown great kindness to Mephibosheth because Mephibosheth is a cripple. He can't use his legs. So David said, you don't have to live in fear. I'm not going to kill you. David killed relatives of Saul to establish his kingdom, but he showed grace and kindness to Mephibosheth and gave him land and food and money. I'll take care of you. Do not worry. And now Mephibosheth, according to Zeba, stabbed him in the back. Well, David must have been crushed. And then he says to Zeba, all right, I'm going to give to you all his land, all the gold, all the money. Everything I gave to Mephibosheth is now yours. And he was like, thank you. I do not deserve this. Thank you so much. And he looks at David with a big, big grin, gleaming teeth, gleaming. Oh, thank you, David. But I wonder, is Ziba telling the truth? Can we trust him? Remember, God alone is my refuge. Don't put your trust in people. But he did give him all this great food, grapes and raisins and and donkeys. I mean, this is... Huh. Well, he takes all this stuff and he keeps heading east, away from Jerusalem. But back in Jerusalem, we have Absalom and his best counselor, Ahithophel. And things are going great for them, and they're on top of the world. But 
inserted in the middle of all that is Crafty Hushai. Remember? Hushai met Absalom and said, I used to be a counselor for David. I'm now going to be a counselor for you. And Absalom thinks, hey, I've got Ahithophel, who's a wise counselor. Now I've got Hushai, and they all used to be for David. This is great. But what he doesn't know, right, is that Hushai is a double agent. And this is all planned out by David. And Hushai is going to counter everything that Ahithophel says. Because David prayed, Lord... Please counter the wise, sage advice of Ahithophel. They knew Ahithophel was smart. Well, David sent Hushai to counter everything Ahithophel said. But then also, Ahithophel is going to take all that information that he hears, and he's going to tell the two priests, Zadok and Abiathar, who also have feigned allegiance to Absalom, and they've pretended to be on his side, and Hushai's going to take all his information. He's going to tell Zadok and Abiathar. They're going to go and tell their sons just outside the city, Jonathan and Ahimeaz, and they're going to run it out to David and tell him. This is going to be great. Will it work? Well, at first, this plan doesn't seem to be working so well because Ahithophel gives advice to Absalom. And Absalom immediately acts on it. And he doesn't consult Hushai. And Hushai doesn't even have a chance to overcome it. What's that advice? Well, it's pretty vile, horrible stuff. Absalom's thinking, how can I establish myself as king? I am the king now. And Ahithophel says, you know what? See those ten concubines that David has to take care of his house while he's gone? You need to go over there, and you need to sleep with them. And you need to turn them into your wives. And in fact, you you need to put a tent on top of the roof of this house. And you've got to go into each concubine one at a time and sleep with them and turn them into your wife. And everybody knows when you go into that tent exactly what you are doing. And so all of Jerusalem will see what you're doing. And they're saying, hey, those wives, those concubines used to be David's. And Absalom's like, yes, I'm going to do this. Because everybody who sees it, they're going to be like, wow, Absalom's really taking control. Everything that was David's is now his. And he's even taken the ultimate prize, all these wives of David. And so he takes these concubines, goes into them in this public tent, and everybody knows exactly what Absalom is doing. And Absalom did it all to prove, I am now king. It was disgusting. It was vile. It was horrible. It broke a whole bunch of Old Testament laws, but Absalom didn't care. Well, Absalom's thinking, all right, I'm now establishing myself as king. I'm publicly shaming my father, and I'm publicly raising myself up. Yes. Then he says, what do I do now, Ahithophel? And Ahithophel says, I need you to give me 12,000 soldiers. And we will pursue David tonight. While David's still exhausted, we'll go after him and we'll catch him. And he won't even know how to respond. Now, at this point, Ahithophel would have gone after David. He has 12,000 troops at his command. David, at the most, had 2,000. David would have been crushed. Hey, this is a great idea. But for some reason... 
Absalom decides on this one, I'm going to consult Hushai. Hushai, what do you think? Remember, David prayed, Lord, please, please counter the wisdom of Ahithophel. Well, right now his prayer is being answered because Hushai comes back and says, Nope, that is a dumb idea. Do not do that. I wonder if Hushai's like, hey, that's a dumb idea. Do not do that. What should he do? What should he do? What should he do? Um, um, please give me wisdom, Yahweh. Uh, I'm going to be thinking and he's thinking and he's thinking. And then maybe he catches a reflection of the gold that Absalom wore or his long, flowing, perfectly manicured hair. And Hushai thinks, I've got it. I've got to appeal to Absalom's vanity. And so he goes, uh, no, 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 that, that's a dumb idea. What you need to do instead is you need to wait. Because remember, Hushai's trying to buy some time for David. You need to wait. And instead, you need to call all of Israel from Dan to Beersheba, from all the tribes in the north all the way to the south. You need to call all of Israel to you, pride point number one, and then you've got to build this massive army, pride point number two, and then you have got to lead them into battle, biggest pride point of them all. You've got to lead him into battle. You do it, Absalom. Because he says, you know what, Absalom, if, if you follow Hittifel's advice and you come upon him, you've got to realize David is a military genius. And he's probably hit himself in some pit, hit himself behind some rock, and you'll never find him. And then all of a sudden, him and his mighty fighting men will come out and they will take your troops down. I know you have a lot of men, but these are smart fighting seasoned veterans. And when your troops see how this small troop is beating your troop, then everybody will run and it'll make it worse. And then, then David will go in strength and he'll grow in favor. And then the people will hear about it and they'll turn on him. No, 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 no. You got to wait. Build a vast army. You've got to lead him into battle. And Absalom sits there and he thinks... Hittifel leading him, getting him tonight or tomorrow, or me leading a vast army that will just crush them. A big smile comes on Absalom's face. He's like, the advice of Hushai, that seems the wisest choice. Let's do that. Whew! My goodness, Hushai's thinking as he's walking away from the throne room, man, did I dodge a bullet there. Thank you, Lord. And I wonder if Hushai thinks, man, I don't know where I pulled that idea out of. It came from nowhere. But it says in the Bible, it wasn't because of the brilliance of Hushai. Though it was a great idea. It says that the Lord ordained all of this. The Lord is answering David's prayer. Remember back to Psalm 62? And the Lord alone puts your trust. God alone is your refuge. Hushai is not David's refuge. It is God. We've got to remember that. The circumstances of life may look one way, but underneath it all, God's working. And you've got to trust him. He's your refuge. He alone is your strength. 
Well, Hushai leaves. And he goes outside. And he goes near the temple. And he whispers to, to Zadok and Abiathar. Hey, here's the counsel Hittophel gave. Here's the counsel I gave. Tells him the whole story. Get the message to David. He has got to get across the Jordan River even sooner, even faster. He's got to get out now before Absalom changes his mind. So Zadok and Abiathar, they then go and tell Jonathan and Ahimeaz the information. Now, how are Zadok and Abiathar, where, where people can see them and they're famous priests, how are they going to get this information to their sons who have supposedly ran out of town with David? How are they going to get that information to them? Well, it seems that Jonathan and Ahimeaz would wait by this spring called Enrogel. And they had arranged for a young servant girl to basically get the information from Zadok and Abiathar. So it seems like, you know, this servant girl would go to the spring at Enrogel and she would get some water and then she would walk it all the way, you know, back and forth between Jerusalem. Well, she would pour out the water maybe in Jerusalem for some pot or something up there. And while she's pouring out the water, quietly, Zadok and Abiathar, one of them or both of them, would tell her the information. Well, then she would go back to the spring in Enrogel, supposedly getting water and waiting there are Jonathan and Ahai. So what? He's a hard name to say. That's, so that's what I'm going to call him. Jonathan and Ahai. And, they, and she would then tell them the information. They had this whole thing worked out. And then they would run and go tell David. This was a brilliant plan. Because in the course of her normal duty of life, she has to get water anyway. And why not use her to convey this information? Well, while Jonathan and Ahai are waiting there for the servant girl to show up, man walks by, a young man, and he looks at them and he goes, they look familiar. I don't know if Jonathan and Ahai weren't very good at hiding themselves, or maybe they didn't think they were that famous, but this young man knew who they were and how they were connected. Well, this young man spots them. And he runs to go tell Absalom. And Jonathan and Ahai, they're like, uh-oh, we just got spotted. They're like, oh no, somebody knows who they are. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? So this Enrogel is a quarter mile from Jerusalem. And they go there waiting for this information. And they're like, we've got to get out of here. We have got to run. We've got to hide. So they go to this place called Bahurim, which is about one mile south of Jerusalem, east of the Mount of Olives. And they're like, what are we going to do? We've got to come up with a plan. What's our plan here? And so it says they find a man here. And this man says, hey, come here. And I want you to hide in a well in my courtyard. 
Now, this man was probably sympathetic to David, and they knew that this sympathetic man to David was in this town, and it was probably set up already as a safe house. And he's like, you know, if Absalom's going to send all his troops down here to look for you, we've got to hide you in in a really great way. And so they would have these things called cisterns or wells that used to be full of water, but now they're dried up and they're just dirt, and maybe they used them for various things, but... Jonathan and Ahai jumped down into the well. Then it says that this man covers the well. And it says a woman comes along and spreads a covering over the well's mouth. Many people believe it was that servant girl going back and forth. That she's part of this whole plan. And so they take some type of covering like a cloth. Or maybe it was something a little harder. And then they scattered grain all over it. So it just looked like grain on a cloth. And Jonathan and Ahai hide in this well, covered by a cloth, covered with grain. And when Absalom and his men show up, they look everywhere. They turn everything inside out. They go from house to house. Have you seen sons of Zadok and Abiathar? Have you seen them? And they're looking and they're kicking over things. And I can imagine they come to this guy's house. Maybe the servant girl is dealing with the grain rolling the grain into something, and she's on the ground. And a lot of these wells came right up to the surface of the dirt. And it wouldn't have some sort of ridge above it. It just came to the surface of the dirt and stopped. They had no clue that under this grain, under this cloth, were Jonathan and Ahai. And they looked, and they looked, and they looked. And then they finally come to the woman They say, have you seen Ahai and Jonathan? And it says in 2 Samuel 17 that the woman says, they've gone over the brooks of water. They've gone. They've gone over the Jordan. So Absalom's men, they go back to report to Absalom, hey, we cannot find them. They are gone. Phew. It worked. And they get the grain off and they pull the cloth away and out hop Jonathan and Ahai and they take off and they find David. And then they tell David, arise, go quickly. You got to get across the Jordan. So David and all his people cross the Jordan during the night. And by daybreak, it says they finally got across and not one left. No one of his party was left on the other side. And so they're getting out across the Jordan. And now David and his party are running into this wilderness. But they're trusting in God. They're leaning upon God. Remember, David as the leader, he says, God is it. Trust in God alone. God is my fortress. God alone, oh, my soul, wait in silence. God is my rock. Man, with a leader like that, you know you've got a chance. There's hope. But on the other hand, one of the saddest stories in the Bible is about to occur. And it's with Ahithophel. Because it says in the Bible that when Ahithophel heard and saw that Absalom rejected his advice and went with Hushai's. That Ahithophel 
went home. And he put his house in order. In other words, he made sure all his debts were paid. All his cattle was fed. He made sure all his servants were paid off. He made sure that his wife and his kids were taken care of. He put his house in order. Everything was set. Everything was done. And then he took a rope. Probably threw it over a beam in his house. Made a noose at one end. Made sure it was tight enough. Tied it to this beam in his house. Stuck his head in the noose. And hung himself. What? I mean, Ahithophel, you're the counselor to the king. And you hang yourself? And yet David, who is at the lowest of the low, and he's running away, and he's still got hope? We have two stories of hope here, don't we? One man is at the lowest of the low, but because his trust is in God alone, he still has hope. Ahithophel is at the highest of the height of his country. He's next to the king himself, given advice, and because his advice is rejected... He hangs himself, commits suicide. Many people think Ahithophel lost hope because he realized Absalom is vain. Absalom is an idiot. And Absalom is going to lose. And he realized he'd backed the wrong man. And he realized that when Absalom loses, David is going to come back and kill him. So guess what? I might as well just kill myself and get it done. Talk about a life with no hope. I want to encourage you. I don't care where you are in life. I don't care how how low you feel right now. Maybe you feel that things have not gone the way in your life you wanted at all. Maybe you feel like you are like Jonathan and Ahai in the middle of a pit down at the bottom. The pressures of life are too much. But if you know the Lord is your Savior, you have hope. I don't care what obstacle you're facing, what mountain you feel like you have to climb, and what great thing is facing you. It's too much. And I felt that. Man, I felt that. But what did David Wright. He said, God alone. Your hope is from him. He's your rock, your salvation. You shall not be shaken. On God rest my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. Be like David. Don't be like Ahithophel, who just saw his circumstances. And in a great act of cowardice, just kills himself, leaving behind his family, his friends, people brokenhearted. What were you thinking, Ahithophel? What he was thinking is, I don't have a hope. I have no hope. Remember, 
Those of us who know Christ as our Savior, those of us who know Jesus as our Savior, we have hope. No matter how bad things look, we have hope. Let's not give up. Let's remember, God is your refuge. Trust in him at all times. God is a refuge for us. So as David's running away, he doesn't know where he's going. Absalom is amassing a massive army. Things look bad. What's going to happen next? Join us next week to find out. But in the meantime, remember, trust in God at all times, for he is a refuge for us. Thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week. Thank you.